0: Tell you what if you don't mind i'll pray and uh, and then we can have bernard share with us okay yes. yeah father lord we love you Amen. we love you we praise you for taking us on lord we mm, consider the word of james that we are to wait patiently <clears throat> lord we confess there's so much that we want. In our own lives, in the lives of our loved ones, and in the in the world, how we want you, Lord. We want Amen. you present, doing your great work. And Lord, times of refreshing, pour out your spirit, Lord. Yes. Lord, here this evening or today, yes. Yes. Lord, pour out your spirit. Whatever yes. you want to do, but those days when the the dry earth is flooded with water mm-hmm. and it's new and we we want that lord that kind of thing in our lives again mm-hmm. and again and again lord mm-hmm. i know we we have your spirit you don't you don't leave and come back but lord you're allowing things that we find sometimes difficult mm-hmm. lord nourish us us we pray oh, refresh us lord yes. anyone here who's Who's just really thirsty in a situation that's trying. Oh, God, Lord, minister by your spirit. Lord, mm-hmm. cross the miles, cross the continents. Speak your word, Lord. That's what right. a great thing. Bless Bernard. Mm-hmm. Take care of him as he's um, recuperating with his busy schedule, Lord. Minister to him. Refresh him, Lord, even mm. with us. And, yes, Lord. Oh, man, we, we open our hearts to you. Mm. Uh, speak, oh, God. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Mm. Amen. 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 Bernard, Amen. just great to see you. We know you're working hard, and it's just so good to have you ministering to us. What a privilege.
1: Amen. On. Thanks, Richard. Great to see everyone. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a busy schedule over here. Usually is, actually. They they don't mind shifting meetings around, um, you know, choosing days, any day that's free. Uh, i was supposed to have a day off yesterday and um lo and behold some people had heard that we were around and said well can we can we have a meeting in our place you realize don't you that um poland is a place where well there's not many what you would call non-catholic believers in the churches you know it's it's so dominantly roman catholic in fact had a, a very interesting experience this evening as i mentioned i was speaking in a place about 45 minutes away which um is really exclusively for those that have alcoholic and um drug backgrounds that are really very very troubled people and uh, it's a remarkable work i've been there before they do it about every six weeks and have a weekend where these some of these people come from all over poland and uh, gather for a whole weekend and uh, there's singing and there's food and there's sleeping accommodation for them and and there's people like me who are asked to speak to them and uh, just uh, makes you realize i was able to speak to them about the power of the kingdom of god and there was a big response and afterwards after we finished praying with people which took about an hour. Those some of them came forward and were seeking help. And there was some demonic manifestations, which one would expect in those sort of situations. And we were sitting eating some food that they kept for us. And uh, <laughs> the, there was a Roman Catholic couple there who had it's quite remarkable conversation that we had with them at the table. And just the, the way that the Lord is uh, drawing people, I would say, um, they were a couple who'd spent several years living up in, uh, is it Traverse City up in Michigan? Is there a place called Traverse City? um in michigan they'd spent some several years living there and were now living back in poland but seeking the lord and they'd come down uh, specifically for this weekend of meetings because they'd seen an, a, a, an advert um advertising it they didn't even realize that it was a protestant gathering you know if i can put it that way and uh, they didn't seem at all troubled about it. So, but just the wonder. And in the conversation, my mind was turned away. I've been preparing all the week to speak on to you on from the book of Job. But my mind was swung right away by my conversation with them to the book of Ephesians and the uh, just and I've, I've come back here again so we're in the book of ephesians and i i want to uh, you know i've just been rereading it again you know the last two or three or four hours um, i've been quiet, waiting for the meeting and just the wonder of this <laughs> incredible book that paul wrote um, you know how in the third chapter, he speaks about the mystery, uh, the mystery that, verse 3 of chapter 3, the mystery that was made known to me by revelation, about which I've written briefly. And of course, that's a little bit of chapter 2 where he's talking about the mystery of, of the cross and the mystery of the what shall we say the the end of the the wall of division between the Jew and the Gentile and the one body by the cross and it's all about the church. And he uses the mystery of, again He uses the word in the fourth verse when you read this you can see you can perceive my insight into the mystery of christ you know we are so pragmatic in our approach so prosaic uh, so rational uh, so in the reasoning faculties our minds never stop. Unfortunately, I hope that you're learning to still your heart and still the the, the constant movement of the mind that uh, takes you either forward in anxiety or backward, you know, back or forward, and it just takes away the wonder of the the now moment being in the stillness and we need so much to you know wisdom of course is plumbing beneath the words of truth into the uh, inward the interior realms of truth and only the Spirit, the Spirit has been given to us, brothers and sisters, to lead us into the truth. Remember Jesus said that. One of the things he said to the apostles, that uh, he is going to be given to them, to lead them right in to the truth, right in far far deeper than the um, mental appreciations of things and here's Paul talking he's used the word mystery twice already he wants us to perceive the mystery of christ which was not made known verse five to the sons of men in other generations as it is now has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Evidently Paul was not alone that there was a release of revelation. And it had been particularly coming to the apostles. We don't know which other ones. Uh, and the prophets. So the Lord had seen fit after Pentecost, and in the early church, to be releasing a, a, a sights, unfoldings of things that had been hidden before. And it's now being revealed. And this, this was it. It comes on in the sixth verse. That is how the Gentiles are fellow heirs. You know, the pride of the Jew who never thought that the Gentiles were anything good at all. And that part of the mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs and members of the same body. And it's it's not a Jewish body, it's it's the body he's been talking about in chapter two, you know, and uh the body of Christ. And then it says here that we're fellow as and partakers of the promises. One of the things that struck me again reading through the Ephesians is just the fund of words that are to do with riches and abundance riches and abundance i'm thinking of what richard opened out with about the dry ground and the wonder of the refreshing rain and <clears throat> you know the the richness and the abundance that the lord is and has what he is what he has what he can pour out and wants to lead us all into and bring to us so that uh, one of the reasons i cr- chose the green background out of the few that are uh, on my whatever it is on the Zoom thing. And uh, it was, of course, because the sense that I get from that of freshness and greenness and abundance, you know, and and you, if you were to just read Ephesians and look at the uses of the word, like the famous, famous word in the second chapter, you know, where we read the first three verses that are filled with negativism uh, genuine proper negativism a description of the abysmal state into which man had fallen and <clears throat> you know where we were living uh, dead and, and trespasses and sins and walking that way the course of the world you know i often wonder how much in the churches that still clings around uh, people still clinging around a lot of believers um i would like to recommend um uh, i don't normally do this but if any of you want to listen for uh, maybe it's 10 minutes i don't know i did it a few months ago to jordan peterson where he he in one of his um podcasts i suppose you call them where he sends a challenge to the church and he he's an unbeliever well we don't know exactly where he is but it's particularly to do with young men and the church's um attitude toward youth he's very powerful in the way that he challenges the church to uh, their attitudes toward youth, the whole lust in the churches for youth to be cool. And, um, you know, and uh, <clears throat> I noticed that another man, some of you might know this fellow, uh, what's his name? Friel. F-R-I-E-L. Who has something called wretched radio. And, um, he, he he he's picked up this thing that uh, jordan Paul peterson has said and he's just uh, pointing out yes peterson is right poverty 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 in the churches poverty what's being offered is poverty to the youth not the richness the abundance that's in the lord and you know the just following the course of this world still the church not presenting and of course you get to the false verse of chapter 2 where you have your wonderful but that comes in um but god and immediately you have the word of riches the word of riches but god who is rich in mercy. The church should be a place that is dwelling in abundance. Now I do not say to you that as an assembly of believers, that the church can as an assembly always be dwelling in times of fullness together. But I do say that as individuals, you can be, I can be, I can be in the, the realm of abundance. As an individual, as a man, I can be uh, in the riches of his mercy and in the experience of the great love wherewith he loves me. And uh, I can, as an individual, be abiding in that state. Richard alluded to outpourings, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. He alluded to it when he prayed. And, you know, times of refreshing uh, can come to a company of God's people we need to seek him for it that, that in the church that you are a part of you know the quote times of refreshing from the presence of the lord comes from acts chapter 3 and you know we are to seek him for that for our churches we are to seek him but you can live in that yourself and so can i in a constantly refreshed state and that is the legacy of the church and you get this abundance coming through and right the way through this letter you're going to get it the mystery the riches and <clears throat> If I take you back into the third chapter. Uh, you know this gospel of Jesus Christ at the end of verse six, that is how the Gentiles uh, are, are fellow heirs, members of the same body partakers of the promise that's in Christ Jesus through the gospel i don't know how uh, i did tonight speaking to all these young people or mixed people that were there tonight from such a background how did i do in presenting to them the promises the promise that's in christ jesus how did i do as i preached the gospel to them for an hour through uh, a very good interpreter who's one heart with me but how did i do um, did i present the riches of his grace did i present the fullness uh, did i present the abundance did i as i spoke about the kingdom how did i do um now of this gospel verse 7 i paul says i was made a minister i was made a minister according to the gift of god's grace which was given me by the working of his power by the working of his power the, I, I was made a minister according to to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. What do we know of this outflow that comes from him, that rises up? Um, I, was, I spoke last night in a meeting in another place, and I finished speaking, and uh, the leading brother said to me, uh, will you exposit for us? I think this is the first time that's ever happened to me. Will you exposit for, for us John 4.14? 4, John 4.14. So I looked at, at uh, John 4.14. I knew what it was it's all about what jesus said uh, to the woman at the well where he said to her that if she took a drink from him that she would never thirst again and the, the well of water it would become a springing well of water in her unto springing up to everlasting life. The whole thought of abundance again. And he he said to me, will you exposit this? And I was a little bit nonplussed, I must admit. You see, because at first I, I couldn't see the connection in his thinking. Why ever did he want me to comment? Because I'd been talking about the church from the book of the revelation and i thought Why? what's this connection in his mind and then as i began to come to john four fourteen about this one drink becoming a springing well inside you and then i began to cotton on to what the f- brother was asking he he was asking and he came to me afterwards first of all to apologize that he'd sort of interrupted my flow and so on and so on and i of course said to him oh no don't worry brother it's it's great to be exercised this way and uh, he said but you answered it he said i wanted you to say to them that they bring the water with them to the meetings that they have, that they've taken a drink and that the, the water that's in them is, is an upspringing thing. And he said, our problem in our meetings is that people don't realize that. They don't realize the, the freshness that's in them he didn't use the word abundance he didn't use the word greenness but you know this awareness of of what is in us and you 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 go back here into ephesians 3 and you find that paul says that it's the working of his power this gift was given to me by the working of his power his working, this working of his power doesn't uh, suddenly cease. The, the gift, the uprising. And he, he says that it was given to me, though I am the very least of the saints. Perhaps some of us have got to uh, become much more confident about what the Lord has put in us. And let it out. Perhaps some of us have got to do that. Just let it out. What has the Lord put in me? Uh, I, because there's some of us who might claim to be the less than the least. Uh, to make he's, He says it's given to me, though I'm the very least of all the saints. This grace was given. This grace was given to preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What am I talking about? Emphasizing abundance, emphasizing greenness, emphasizing a spring of water in you, springing up into everlasting life. What am I doing when I read again this word, that um, the unsearchable riches of Christ there there it is again the unsearchable riches and apparently to make all men see verse 9 what is the plan of the mystery that, that was hidden for ages in God who created all things that through the church and here's another incredible word of riches the manifold wisdom of god might now be made known to the principalities and powers in heavenly places manifold means exactly what it says multiplied manifold wisdom of god the many-sided wisdom of god might be seen I, I sometimes think you know that we don't realize what a miracle church is what a miracle you are as as a, a saint of god that's how he starts the letter isn't it to the saints that's how he starts it in chapter one who are also faithful in christ jesus that's you know you're a miracle you're a miracle you're a treasure you have treasure within you i have treasure within me i have a spring of water of eternal life springing up springing up springing up hallelujah am i <clears throat> attentive to to this and you can you can sense the the bounty the riches the unsearchable the <clears throat> never fully drawn out riches of christ and <clears throat> the manifold wisdom of god that through the church, uh, the invisibility of God should be seen <laughs> through the church by the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. You know, the <clears throat> God is invisible god is invisible he the word became flesh and dwelt among us and and we beheld his glory but god is invisible still but he came into visibility through his son and he's coming into continual visibility to principalities and powers through the church isn't that remarkable through you he's coming into visibility so that principalities and powers who have been subjected to a lie by one of their chief angels who fell from his height who was uh, the liar uh, who wanted to commit deicide, that lie is being systematically disproved first by Christ, amen, and now through the church. That lie, that lie, yeah. you know, the suggestion that in his invisibility, there was something mealy-mouthed something uh, uh hidden in god that was negative uh, that he was holding back that there's something doubtful about his integrity all the things that hang in the atmosphere of the world and that has hung in the atmosphere of your life you know <laughs> I was, uh, you know, talking earlier to these people about the kingdom of God. And um, <clears throat> to the, the kingdom of darkness, where people move around in suspicion, in doubt, in, uh, well, uh, just the lie. They're living in the lie. They're living in the lie. And then I was, they're just not right beings and they know they're not right beings because they're not ripe. They're not fecund. They're not uh, joyful. They're just not right beings. And then I, I just Passed on very quickly into Romans 14, 17. And I said, Look at the kingdom of God. I said, Look what Paul says it is. It's filled with right beings. They're righteous. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, it's, it's righteousness. That means uh, that the grace of God has made you a right. Being. You're not a corrupted, decrepit uh, being. Amen. You're not some kind of misfit. You're the authentic deal. I always liked Tertullian, you know, when he said that it is entirely normal for man to be a Christian soul. Did you know he said that? Um, or words to that effect. Tertullian was one of the church fathers. He's saying that you come back into your proper manhood, your true um, beinghood, it, once you come to Christ, and Christ is in you. It's entirely normal to be a holy person, a lover of God, a lover of your neighbour. To be fecund, fruitful, abundant. This is the genuine nature. I come back to Jordan Peterson, who challenges the church and he says, call your young men up, not down. Call them to meaning of what it means to be a man. And uh, Oh, Amen. i understand entirely what the man is is trying to convey you know we are this abundance the manifold wisdom of god and you know ah i tell you when when jesus was opened up at calvary when he poured himself out when the veil was rent in his flesh what you got was an abundant stream is this right and that abundant stream that flowed out of his side blood and water you know that was in the material flesh of him that was the symbol of the abundant heart love of god the father and the abundance of his love wherewith he loved us that's the ephesians 2 4 isn't it the abundance of love wherewith he loved us he loved us in his son and so the hidden nature of god was disclosed and now the hidden abundance of god is continuing to be disclosed through the church to them the manifold wisdom of god is being shown forth through the church now i know that you know, and I don't want to name people, but I don't see that manifold wisdom in some of the, you know, I watched a brief 30-minute segment of one of the largest churches in, in the United States, one of their services. And the way the man was preaching, and uh, I tell you, I didn't see a man, any of the manifold riches of the heart of God coming out of him flowing out of him i saw that it was a great big show but i'm saying to you that i can be like this you can be like this as individuals and i i know where richard goes to church and is part of you see and i met the people and oh dear so many churches are tired they're trying to pump themselves up every Sunday morning, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, and it, it's so sad They're they're trying to sort of it, it's way back there into Egypt, you know, in the world where they're trying to fertilize the fields of Egypt. With their feet, they're pumping up, you know, they had irrigation cha- channels cut, didn't they, to water the fields in Egypt. And the old Israelites had to pump up the water and pump with their feet and they're going up and down like this. I'm going to bring you into a new land, even my promised land. It drinks the water from the rain from heaven. It flows abundantly. Its rivers are full, I'm going to bring you there, where there's the early and the latter rain, rains coming in its season. This is, this is the language of God's heart toward us. This is the abundance of his love we're not denying get this feeling that the churches and, and i mean half the music that i've listened to in the churches is pump up music really it's pump up music you know they're trying to pump this the meeting going by the right kind of songs <laughs> i tell you tonight there was the, uh, do you know what they started off with, the musicians started off with? There's an old guy about my age, banging the tambourine expertly. Uh, and then there's a guitarist and a bass guitarist. And there's a violinist playing. And there's uh, a couple of ladies singing. And they were glowing. Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> you know this is what they were they were singing and the joy the abundance shining and and my dear brother who interprets for me Piotr, our host he commented to me on on the way home oh the, oh the contrast he said as they began to sing oh the joy of them up there and the joy as you and i preached the word and looking at these faces and some of them sort of with mouths agog sort of wondering what's this all about it's about abundance it's about church being really in the abundance and you can have this and so can i as an individual though our assemblies may not know it you can go into that meeting. You can go into that gathering filled, filled. And oh, that some of our meetings, some of the church gatherings got loosened up so that they'd give room, you know, for testimony, you know, to hear the voice of the Lord coming through those who are full. And need I tell you, of course i don't need to tell you that uh, when paul carries on uh, down in verse 11 he says that all this is eternal, is according to the eternal purpose which he has realized in christ jesus our lord all that we've been talking about this abundance being manifested through the church the abundance of love the abundance of forgiveness what are the churches doing brethren when they are carrying bitternesses toward one another what is happening when they are saying i'm of paul and i'm of apollos what are they doing when they are nourishing up bad attitudes, one to the other. What are they doing when they are gossiping to one another, when the churches should be filled with the Spirit, filled with an attitude of bounteous forgiveness each to the other. I forgive you, brother. Like this dear man, this leader, came to me last night. He knelt down in front of me. He, he has no english and so the interpreter was sat beside me and he said i'm so sorry that uh, i interrupted your flow and i said my brother there's no need to apologize it's all in the flow of of life in god you see the church should be a place of this sort of bounty these are the riches god who is rich in mercy he loved us he forgave us he made us sit together with him in the heavenly places at last we can get some perspective you know what are the churches doing getting stuck in conspiracy theories conspiracy theories is one of the manifestations that they're still thinking on earthly levels heavenly heavenly perspective comes to those who are lifted up into heavenly perspectives into heavenly places he has made us to sit together with him in heavenly places wonderful Gradually, I'm getting perspective. I'm getting perspective about the, the, the way that man's tree of selfishness, all inspired by the wicked one, is growing to its fullness. And necessarily so. Necessarily so. That it should be seen to be fruitless in all of its endeavors to rule the world to bring peace and harmony it has borne no fruit for that putin will never bear that kind of fruit you understand biden will never bear that kind of fruit what are we doing getting stuck down here in earthly perspectives we he has made us to be lifted up with him to sit with him in heavenly places that's chapter two and that in coming ages so i'm back in chapter two now verse seven that he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in christ jesus when's exactly that in coming ages there are immeasurable riches yet to be seen yet to be known that's the thing immeasurable riches i go back into the third chapter and i see paul praying i get the impression i don't know whether you do that He's absolutely throbbing with this. He's absolutely scintillated by the truth. He's absolutely in the fellowship of the spirit. He's absolutely alive. He's taught of the Lord, the sheer privilege that he's got of penning a letter and concentrating a while and dictating these things and I can sense them all sort of coming together, you know, and he's tripping over himself the famous first sentence that never ends in chapter one, you know, he's tripping over himself about the all the blessings and the bounties. You know that are in Christ the spiritual blessing. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You know, he's just spilling it all out now that's the feeling i get i don't think i'm mistaken i think i'm feeling something of the same spirit as i'm talking to you i hope that you're as anointed men and women are listening to that anointing within you that's saying amen amen go bernard uh, go go for it you see and keep keep going and what's happening to you you're being inwardly washed you're being inwardly renewed you're being inwardly refreshed you're being inwardly confirmed and sometimes you might be inwardly healed you know things going on in the inner man and sometimes it spills out to our bodies where health comes to our bodies and we rise up refreshed in body healed even from conditions i believe this with all my heart i believe that healing of the body is an overflow of the abundance of the heart of god as he is for our bodies the lord is for our bodies he's not against our bodies he's for our bodies and I believe that where there's love, I remember so clearly in a meeting where one of our ladies brought in her little child. No, she didn't bring in the little child. She came into the meeting, she burst into it weeping. And I was preaching and I said to her, what's happening, what's happening, what's wrong? And she said, I've just come from the hospital uh, He my boy has got an incurable condition, incurable. He'll die quite soon. And uh, of course, this was interrupting the preaching, who cares? And I said to her, go and get him. Where is he? I've left him with Dad. I said, go and get him drive quickly come back bring him and she brought the boy little kid of about six months old i don't have any recollection of what was prayed i said she brought him in and i said give him to me come on and uh, the whole church stood just stand let's bring this and there was love there there was grace there there was god there there was abundance there and uh, just love and weeping and care and concern and you know some months later or it might have been less than months three or four weeks maybe she came back and she was showing, and she had the x rays before and after. He had been completely healed. Completely healed. And I know that it was love that healed that boy. And you know, his grandmother wrote to me a couple of years ago and sent me a picture and said, Here he is getting married. Do you remember that day? And I'd forgotten all about it. Do you remember that day when he was shown to have an incurable condition? Do you remember that day? And I'd forgotten that day. I'd forgotten that day. And she said, here he is, alive and well. You know, you can forget the bounty of God in your life. You can forget it and uh, it's one of the ways that things dry up in you you know when i look at this epistle uh, and feed on its fullnesses you know i i come into this um chapter three where for this reason uh i bow my knees i've missed out a verse i haven't read verse 13 and paul says so I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. So don't don't start losing heart because someone around you is suffering a bit. It still doesn't preclude, it doesn't do away with the bounty of god that you can experience you ephesians don't get yourselves offended by the fact that you've heard that i'm suffering for you i'm okay paul's saying i'm in this bounty i'm in this ministry my sufferings are part of that part of that amen the kingdom of god is righteousness, peace. What's the next thing? Joy. Yes, I saw some of you say it. Joy. doesn't say the kingdom of God is joy, peace, righteousness. Paul, with all the wisdom of the Spirit, says, you'll become a right being, you become a peaceful being, you become a joyful being. The abundance of the Lord rising up in you stop taking yourselves too seriously <laughs> perhaps that's something i can always remember that i took a brother with me from australia up to malaysia and i can remember us being shoved into this little tiny room together and he was a big man and i was smaller than him and you know we didn't have anywhere to open our cases it was pretty chaos you know and i'm bellyaching a bit i'm having a bit of a complaint, taking myself t- too seriously and he in his real australian accent said to me uh get over yourself bernard <laughs> get over yourself <laughs> you know that's a long while ago i'm not like that now i hope ask my wife but <laughs> but the thing is you know this bounty of god and he says don't 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 be upset about my suffering he said for this reason verse 14 i bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named that according to the riches there it is again the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Oh, my brethren, you have his spirit in your inner man. That's it. You have his spirit, you know, should I go round and name you all? I couldn't do that. You know, I'm sitting here in the upstairs lounge of our hosts, Piotr and Dorotka. Zondwa is their name. I first met Piotr when he was 15 in the days of communism. And you know, sat next to me on the chair is my is the cat the cat it's a delightful cat it's an affectionate cat cat in polish is kot, by the way and this cat if i sit down it will endeavor to sit on my lap always it will lick enjoying the salt on my skin it will lick me all over if I let it. But this cat does not have his spirit in its inner being. You do. You have God's spirit. God is giving this cat its breath. It's sleeping at the moment, as cats do. Oh, Amen. But you know you and i we were made to receive this spirit he is that you may be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man you don't trust the spirit enough i don't trust the spirit enough i don't realize what a gift the spirit is the spirit hasn't been given to me to enable me to fabricate gold around that wood. You know, Bezalel received the spirit and Aholiab received the spirit. They were receiving wisdom to be skilled artificers with their hands in the fabrication of the temple of the tabernacle. That's what they were given the Spirit for. You've been given the Spirit to live, to be changed, to be taught, to have the fellowship that the Spirit brings, the communion of the Holy Ghost. Oh, who's he communing with all the time? Who's... He's the spirit of the communion of the Father and the Son. That's, and he's he's come to be, to lead you into that communion with the Father and the Son. Well, that should strengthen you in your inner man. No, no way that you could be poor. You know, I'm not just using sort of hyperbole when i'm saying these things i think i sense you know i sense this from my reading of that man whose name was uh, oh dear stanley jones anybody ever heard of stanley jones uh, he was a methodist evangelist and, you know, his favorite word, verse that he loved to preach from, he preached all over the world. He wrote many books. I recommend him to you. Stanley Jones and uh, E. Stanley Jones. He turned down a bishopric in the Methodist Church in the United States. He said, no, I'm an evangelist. And his favorite verse was, all the promises of God in him are yea and amen. He was a yea and amen man. He was, it's all for us. And I don't know whether you know his story, but when he was about 83 years old, he was come home from a trip, I think, to Japan where he'd been preaching and he came back he was staying in a hotel in oklahoma and uh, he had a stroke a massive stroke he could not talk he could not move he laid there on the floor and as he laid there on the floor he felt the lord say to him i will give you more years are you ready to rejoice in me as the yay and our men in suffering as well as you have done in the health and vitality of your body and he said yes they broke the hotel door down and he lived for about four years and he learned to speak again he even and uh, he wrote a book um, or dictated a book the final thing that he dictated was a book called the divine yes not in print now you'll find it secondhand. where you have his testimony of those latter years where he glorified god you know and he learned to speak somewhat again you say strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that enabled Stanley Jones to continue, you know, even in this condition that he was, you know, <clears throat> that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the um, inner man that christ might dwell in your hearts in reality through faith i've changed the word in reality because that's what faith is faith is reality faith is substance isn't that right isn't that right hebrews says faith is substance amen in the reality that christ may dwell in your hearts in reality that you being rooted and grounded in love oh how our personalities need to be brought down into that rooting you know one of the ladies that came forward you know and she came forward on behalf of her husband and uh, her children and that they don't love the lord that she loves the lord and and the difficulties and before she opened her mouth and told us all that. I said to her, I've had a vision just looking at your face. I said, I can see uh, waves, some of them white tops, they are beating this way and that way and that way and that way and that way. And I can see in this vision, and it's about you, I can see a rock and this rock is jutting out through the water and it's i can see its roots where it is grounded is grounded so deep 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 down solid ground and i said i don't know what's happening in your life but there's waves beating and they're tossing this way and that but the lord has made you a rock and you shall abide through it all you shall not be knocked down by whatever these waves are then she began to open up about her unsaved husband and her difficult children and so the lord spoke to her and and i said to her we don't need to pray for you do we now you 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 were she said, yes, this is this is it, this is it, this is it. You see, rooted and grounded in love, that's where the Lord takes us, strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, so that the inner man becomes even more deeply rooted in love. We've experienced a little bit of this this week because Hazel has had to be laying in her bed for seven days. In the midst of all the meetings and at the camp, she's been severely unwell. She's recovering a bit, but all the thoughts that come pouring through the mind, um, the nature of her condition makes you think very serious thoughts. But rooted and grounded in love, you see, that's where the Lord strengthens us, takes us down there into him and he says that we may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of christ that surpasses knowledge can you pick up all this language can you that surpasses knowledge to know what surpasses knowledge now isn't that a phrase to know what surpasses knowledge what's he talking about he's talking about some kind of dimension of truth within the truth of knowledge within the knowledge now you're getting to wisdom now you're getting to understanding now you're getting to the bedrock of god you know i cannot call god father until i first hear him say to me son i have my being out of god you were born out of god you have your roots in god and god called you into being god called you son god gave you his that's your existence was hid with christ in god before you were born and this is affirmed to you by redemption by the work of grace glory to his name and all of this you know that you should know the love of christ which surpasses knowledge i think of that hymn was it and or song and all wrapped up in love i am isn't that a phrase of wesley charles wesley my senses, all his love received um, and all wrapped up in love i am so that you would be filled with all the fullness of god verse 20 now to him who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly and there he goes again on the abundance language on the plenty language now to him i mean isn't this the death of pessimism you know it is a surprise to us some of us when we get quiet with god and taste his presence for a minute or two isn't it a surprise when we get this feeling and sense it doesn't matter who cares about this? Who cares about that? What does it matter? Dear Julian of Norwich, all shall be well. All manner of things shall be well. We need to live there more. I know you're busy. I know you're a busy lady. I know that there are things that press in upon you. I know there's care there's many cares many cares but i tell you taste and see that the lord is good taste taste and see you know i made the people laugh at another meeting this this week you know because they, I was given an espresso coffee. And, uh, I just, uh, enjoyed a sip of it and smacked my lips. And uh, some of the people who were in the room observed me doing this and they thought it was rather amusing because they'd never seen an espresso before. And it had been made for me and, uh, this black goo, you know, <laughs> with a little bit of added sugar. And uh, then it came to the time when I was speaking to them and I said to them, now this is what you've got to be with Jesus. You know, you've got to taste and savor it. Lovely, lovely. Taste and see, <laughs> you know, that he's, he's able to work abundantly according to all that you ask or think, according to the power that's at work in you. Go down low within, he's there. Taste and see, listen to his whisper, listen to his presence. You know what he'll say to you, don't you? My son. You know what you'll say to him, Father. There'll be a dissolving of anxieties. Of course, it's up to you if you pick them up again. But at that moment, you will taste and see that the Lord is good. That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. you Your taste and see that before, uh, you know, uh, anything that's made that was made, he was before it all and you're in him who was before it all and your life is secure in him who was before it all and you'll be in fellowship of the trinity blessed be the name of the lord which is of course what he flows on to in the next chapter you know he talks about he talks about these tremendous things but before i get to that perhaps i should stop but you know he says verse 21. To him be glory in the church. To him be glory in the church. Oh, let there be glory in your church, Lord. Let there be glory in this little bit of your church. I'm only a little bit of the church. You're a little bit of the church. Aren't you? Is that who you are? Now... Come on, who are you? <laughs> I'm a little bit of the church. Let there be glory in the church. According to the power that is working within us, he's you know, is, is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think. You know, to him be glory in the church. When the church is in this abundant why has she cheapened herself too much so much in our day why has she done it why does she try and be cool why does she do it she has such an abundant christ such a, a blessed blessed communion look at this you slip over quickly into chapter four and you and you find that uh, we've got to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And you wonder, verse three, well, what's the unity of the spirit? And Paul says, well, I'll tell you what the unity of the spirit is in, in seven seven." hearts. I'll tell it to you. The unity of the spirit. And there's one body. Yes. There's one
0: body. There's not the Baptist
1: body and some of the Baptists are in the one body. Some of the Roman Catholics are in the one body. Some of the Charismatics are in the one body. You understand what I'm saying to you? There's one body. So don't get so uptight about Catholicism, Baptists, Charismatics, don't get focused on the divisions there's one body that's just there's just one body that's all there is to do with it this is the unity of the spirit and there's there's only one hope of your calling you know there's one hope that you shall be so much like jesus that the father says oh i do love you come here come here my son one hope of your calling it's not that you 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 know start the greatest mission in the or that bernard becomes this or that the other or you become this preacher or that preacher or a healer or this one hope of your calling how this was drilled into me by the lord in the earliest days and he made me call upon him for it oh lord jesus make me like you the one hope that i should be like him there's only one hope of your calling not the hope that you should have the perfect marriage that you should have the perfect church you see this is the unity that unites us all one hope of your calling to be like him there's only there's only one lord have i missed anything out one body one spirit there's only one spirit hey james and john you don't know what spirit you're of Wanting to call down fire from heaven? Hey, you got it wrong. You're mixing things up. You're back in the Elijah spirit. No, we don't want that. In this body, there's only one spirit. Only one spirit. Your spirit must be baptized in that one spirit. He's going to mention that there's only one baptism. It's the spirit baptism. You, you understand that. It's not a water baptism. Water baptism testifies to the spirit baptism. You see, but part of the unity is one baptism in one spirit. And we're in that one spirit only one spirit do you remember a year or two ago we put out some documents and some of you took them probably and one of them was the the testimony of james naylor that he wrote very much toward the end of his life i think it was the day before he died that quaker man and it begins somehow like this that he felt a spirit within him that delights to do no wrong. Richard probably knows it off by heart, because I remember he gave me a copy of it um, that I need to frame. It needs to be up on the wall. You know, the wonderful spirit of Christ. There's only one spirit. Hallelujah, it's in the body. This is the unity of the spirit. There's only one Lord, only one Lord. There's only one faith. It's the faith of the son of God by which we're saved. One of the things that helped me so much from time to time is just to come again to the fact that I'm saved by his faith. You know, the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Been so encouraged by that that I don't have to tense myself up to get more faith. It's all been faith. He's the author and finisher. I'm not going to pioneer a new faith. He's going to live his faith in me. He's living his faith in you. You're saved by his faith. Hallelujah. He's faithed for you. The Holy Spirit puts that faith in you. as a seed. And that faith works in you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. one faith, one Lord, one baptism, one God, and Father of us all. Do you do you see this blessed Trinity that we are wrapped up in? In those in those verses, so you got verse four, and you got five, and you got six. And do you see the Trinity there? Do you see the one spirit? Do you see the one Lord that's Jesus? Do you see the one God and Father of us all we we're, we're wrapped up in the Trinity we're wrapped up in in God amen amen i'll I'll, I'll stop now and uh, Perhaps you will want to sort of comment on other verses, you know. But, you know, here's the abundance. And this is what I've been feeding on. And this is what, uh, you know, came to me. Because a man said to me tonight, he said to me, how can I love my wife? He asked me that question. You know, he was talking about his marriage. His wife was talking about the marriage quite openly. And, uh, and that's what took me into Ephesians here. You know, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. and gave himself for it. It started off a whole train of thought about how Christ loved the church. Abundantly, don't you feel it sometimes? When all those people were stood out the front after I made an appeal tonight, oh, you know, I said, I said, you do know that God loves you, don't you? And down some of these hardened faces, tears began to flow. Some of the men began to sob you do realize that God loves you. The great love wherewith he loved us. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Precious things. I'm learning. <laughs> How about you? <laughs>